I think that's probably a really good definition for a good workout is making sure that you are in touch with sort of the way that you're feeling during the beginning, middle and end and finishing sort of with a little bit more understanding of sort of how your body feels and how to honor yourself in that workout. Welcome to Mind Witchery. I'm your host, Natalie Miller, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, I'm so happy that you are here for this conversation I had with my personal trainer, Emily, about conjuring body confidence. It's actually now a week after I've had that conversation, which you're about to listen to, and I wanted to take a moment to just contextualize a little bit our conversation and give a little bit more of a robust introduction. So this episode was inspired by sort of two things. One, I have been noticing so many people uncomfortable in their kind of post-pandemic bodies. <laughs> so many people talking about how they need to get back on track, they need to get back in shape, they need to change their eating, they need to change their exercising habits. And I so appreciate this. And certainly the pandemic has been really, really hard on our bodies. At the same time, I hope that we won't punish ourselves I hope that we won't approach our health-building initiatives in unhealthy ways. And what I mean by unhealthy is really like, you know, not healing. <laughs> Thinking about health with the word heal in there, right? We equate healthy with a certain look, with a certain weight, with a certain ability level. And really, health is about wellness for me much more. And I'd love to redefine it in that way, that health could be about promoting a healing environment for our bodies that, that really are subjected to so much stress and so much challenge in this life. When I first started working with Emily, and this is something I don't say in our episode, but I came to work with her because of chronic health issues. I had instability in my sacroiliac joint, which meant that I had terrible back and hip pain a lot of the time. And I had tried so many different things. I'd tried yoga and massage and craniosacral therapy, lots and lots of different things that have helped a little bit. But really, I think when I when I asked my body deep down, what do you need? My body said, stronger. We need to be stronger. So I started working with Emily to address that recurring problem. And sure enough, here four years later, I don't really have sacroiliac pain anymore. However, in four years, the body endures a lot. In four years, I've had a lot of surgeries, actually. And sometimes those surgeries have made it necessary for me to pause working with Emily and then to feel like when we get back together, I'm starting over again. At the same time, I really do credit working with Emily, working with a personal trainer, staying focused on what little I could do at some times for helping to buoy me, helping me to heal, helping me to rebuild my body in the case of the illnesses and surgeries that I had, and even bigger than that, my life. My life has undergone enormous changes and shifts. My father passed away. I separated from my husband. I completely changed my 
career, not once, but twice, I had an extraordinarily stressful work environment. A lot shifted and changed over those four years. And it was working with Emily, having these touchstones, having someone to partner with in my quest to be stronger, to be steady, and to heal that was enormously empowering and helpful. So when I'm talking about body confidence, I'm not really talking about feeling great in a bikini, although Listen, I totally understand and I even share that desire. I'm a human woman in the Western world in the 21st century. I'm not immune to that pressure to look good. But when I'm talking about body confidence in this episode, and when I'm talking with Emily specifically, with someone who has devoted her life and work to helping people heal, helping people get stronger, helping people cultivate a more empowered relationship with their bodies, what I'm talking about is not really convincing myself that I look great, but expanding my understanding of what health and what confidence is when it comes to a body. So in this episode, I just want you to know, we are going to talk a little bit about weight. We are going to talk a little bit about diet. We are going to talk a little bit about setting embodied goals for ourselves. I am going to tell you at one point how much I weigh, (laughs) which is so taboo. And I don't say it in a way to boast or to confess. I say it in a way to destigmatize this aspect of our beings. I talk about my weight and about what I used to make it mean and what I now make it mean. And when I say the number, I'm just going to tell you right now, when I say the number, some of you will say, oh, that's so much. And some of you will say, that's nothing. And I expect that. And also, isn't that just proof that weight is so subjective and so ultimately meaningless? as an indicator of health and wellness. I hope so. So please enjoy this conversation. I really enjoyed having it. And know that this is something I will return to. This is something I will talk about more and more. It is a pillar of my work. Our relationships with our human bodies is just so fraught in this world. We deny ourselves basic components of health and wellness. I would love to help myself and to help you also begin to use the power of your mind to think differently about your body, about its needs, about health, about wellness and about where actually body confidence comes from. Okay, at long last, here's the conversation. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome. I'm so glad you pressed play today on this episode. It is a conjuring episode, which means that I have invited a badass friend and trusted advisor, actually, this particular person, to be with me today. Everyone, say hello to Emily Carl. Hi, Emily. Hello. How are you? I'm great. Emily, everyone, is my personal trainer. In fact, I think I've mentioned her already on the podcast. I'm certainly talking about Emily all the time and the huge influence she's had in my life. So Emily, we were trying to think about it the other day in the gym, how long I've been training with you. What did we decide on? Yeah, it was definitely going on like four years, I think. Um, We started probably around this time. So coming around to four years, which is 
flown by. Which has totally flown by. And actually, it's been four years of huge shifts and changes in my life. I was And I don't say. think that is an accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I it's mean, it's not an accident. Yeah. I do really enjoy seeing sort of how my clients um, evolve, not only just sort of obviously in the gym going to new heights uh, for strength and stuff like that, but, you know, just sort of in general, getting to know them as people and knowing things about how their, you know, how their life is going and how things in the gym can impact their regular life. Is that something that you see a lot that um, as people get stronger in their bodies, they start to make new moves in their lives? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously sort of the on the nose sort of comparison of like, you know, you're stronger in the gym, you can do more things around the house, you can, you know, wrangle your dogs, you know, we talk a lot about dogs. Um, <laughs> we do. But and then there's obvious there's sort of the not as obvious, like being definitely more consistent. Um, I've seen people make sort of new habits in lots of other things, you know, self care and, you know, diet and things like that. I mean, it's so much more than just the way physically you look and you feel. It's sort of how you live your life, thinking more sort of about yourself and taking care of yourself. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, in these last four years, oh my goodness, I've made huge changes in my work, in my relationships, in, yes. yeah, the way that I move through the world. It has been thrilling <laughs> to see. <laughs> You live a very interesting life. I see you've given me sort of a, a project a couple weeks ago of like thinking about, you know, the people that I really like to train and, you know, we'll talk, you know, spill the tea a little bit, but you're definitely a little bit of a complainer when it comes to working out in the gym. <laughs> but, you know, and that's not, that's, I don't care because, you know, you're fun to talk to and, you know, you live a really interesting life and you're like super into it. So it's so much more than just sort of the work that you put into the gym. It's like how interesting you are. I get to learn new things from you. You know, it's definitely a two-way street. Yeah, no, it's super, it's super fun. And we have a really good time together, even though I totally bitch and complain the entire time. <laughs> but, I will not um, argue with you. In a fun way. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> but it's also really good because it gives me good feedback, you know? So not a lot of people, some people will come in and they'll just like shut up and just do whatever I say. And I'm like, how does this feel? Like, I need some feedback. No, you definitely, you're like, the most amount of feedback. I love it. The most, yeah. <laughs> so so let's kind of get into that a little bit, right? Because today's episode, what I wanted to talk to Emily about, my sweet listener, is confidence and specifically body confidence. I wish you could see Emily Carl walk through the gym. <laughs> I wish you could see her in like the the weight room of a typical gym walking through like she owns the shit. It is so inspiring. And Emily, you and I have talked a lot about, you know, how sometimes a gym can be sort of a it's a space in which people can feel self-conscious and not in a good way. It's Very, a, yeah. yeah, it's a space yeah. where people can feel like they don't know what they're doing or that they look like they don't know what they're doing. It's a place where people can feel like there's a lot of comparing and a lot of appearance judging going on. But oh, yeah. that's not how you walk through that space. So I'm just like, how do you think about shared workout space when you're in it? The way that you were sort of describing it, I just think of it sort of as like super like just hyper aware of you know your surroundings and, and people who are around and you know that can go one way where it could be like wow I really don't like the way that my body looks or you know this is an exercise that's new to me and I don't really know what I'm doing but I'm going to try it anyway it could also go the opposite way where you're like okay I need to sort of not necessarily put on airs but you know and it's like I need to show people that you know i belong here and I want to use this machine and I want to do this. So it's like, you know, not only sort of this negative sort of self-consciousness, which has sort of a negative connotation to it, self-conscious energy. Right. In my experience, I mean, I've been working in a gym for a very, very long time. You know, I'm fortunate in that I really do feel that way. It's like, you know, okay, I know my way around the gym. I know what this does. I know what that does. But 
that obviously wasn't always the case. And it's like, sometimes you just have to be like, okay, well, I'm here. I have to, you know, this is the piece of equipment that I'm on and I have to show people that you can't just butt in here and decide to do pull-ups on my rack or whatever, you know? So (laughs) I tell people, you know, just sort of stand up for yourself and own a space. Kind of easier said than done sometimes, but um, that's sort of the way that I feel about that. Definitely own a space. And I think for me, part of that has is definitely getting really clear on why I'm there. Why am I in this space? Why am I in the gym? Absolutely. Yeah. I always tell people for warmups and stuff like that, it's like part of your warmup is setting an intention sort of in your brain. It's like, okay, I'm going to do squats today, or I'm going to do this. It's like, obviously that factors mm-hmm. into what kind of stretches you do and what kind of warmups mm-hmm. you do, what kind of warmup movements, but also you're thinking in your head, okay, these are the exercises I'm going to do and going with intent, sort of planning out your workout. Say you have an hour, I'm going to spend 15 minutes mm-hmm. doing this and 15 minutes doing that. You know, I cannot tell you how much that really sets you up for success because mm-hmm. not only does it keep you on a certain schedule, you know, so you're not just sort of standing around twiddling your thumbs, having those sort of cogs in your brain working, saying, oh, gosh, I don't really know what I'm doing. Right. But also it is, like you said, setting an intention in your brain. Yeah. And what I'm hearing there is it's like there's a purposefulness, right? When I go in, I'm getting really clear like this this is why I'm here. I'm here today. And and to be very honest, sometimes I'm at the gym because I'm taking a break yeah. from the rest of my life, right? Sometimes I'm like, you know what? I've been in my head or on a screen, on a computer all day long. And my intention in going to the gym is to like reconnect with my body. And then some days there are days where I have a lot of energy and I'm like, okay, I have a lot of energy today. Today, my intention is to really build my strength. Maybe I want to do some things that, you know, usually I complain about extra when I'm with Emily. <laughs> Maybe I want to do some things. I want to I want to work some muscles that are more challenging for me to work. And today I have a lot of energy, so I'm going to do that. And some days there are days where I go to the gym and I am just so tired. Definitely. Yeah. That happens too. And actually, Emily, sometimes I show up for sessions with you and I'm like, I'm tired or I have I've had a headache for two days or whatever. Right. So what I'd love to talk with you about a little more is like, what do we you know, I think that sometimes what we expect of ourselves is that we're always showing up in that energized, empowered, motivated vibe. And when we're real that is not actually how we're showing up necessarily at all. Yeah. So what do we do in those moments where we're just like, Ugh, I'm here and right. barely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's great. Cause I thought a lot about, I thought your um, sustaining growth podcast earlier was really great. I definitely noticed a lot of sort of parallels to training with that either pushing yourself to get up a hurdle or taking a pit stop and sort of re-energizing. And so, you know, exercise is great in that sense that, you know, it can really be one of each of those, you know, sort of depending on the mindset that you're going in with. So definitely, you know, you're thinking of, you know, oh, just sort of get through it, push through it. And, you know, I'm going to be better on the other side. And sometimes you're not, you know, as if, if your intention going in is to sort of punish yourself and just get through it, you know, that's, you're definitely not doing yourself any favors. Yeah. Well, that's something that actually you will say when I'll come in and I'm like, oh, I'm like really tired or, you know, I didn't sleep much last night. I have a headache. I, you know, my leg's been bothering me. A lot of times what I notice is you'll do with me is you'll be like, okay, well, let's try instead of like, well, we're committed to this workout that we already decided on. It's like, well, let's experiment. Let's try. Let's see how this feels. And that's kind of what I'm hearing there is that sometimes when I come to the gym and I'm warming up, I'm like, okay, I'm going to set my intention. I'm going to think about, you know. I'm going to do 15 minutes on my legs and then 15 minutes on my arms and 15 minutes of my abs and then I'm going to stretch, right? But other times it might be like, you know what? I made it here. I'm just going to move. I'm just going to experiment. I'm just going to try. Right. Yeah. What do you think of that? 
Yeah, and that's exactly, I think, the, a good mindset to go into it with because not every day is going to be your best. Even sometimes you go in with the intention of like, I have a lot of energy and I'm going to hit a squat PR today or whatever, you know, and it's like you come in and you're like, everything is heavy and it's not for lack of trying, obviously. I mean, you have the energy, you have the willpower and sometimes it just doesn't work, you know, things... Mm-hmm. That's just sort of the way strength goes. It's not always linear. And that's sort of what I try to tell people all the Mm -hmm. time. You can't beat yourself up about it. Yeah. Well, what I love about that, actually, when we kind of talk about body confidence, right, is that that is I'm receiving a message from my body. And instead of making it mean my body is failing me, I'm not making progress, right, I start working out and the weights feel really heavy. Instead of making it mean like, oh, I'm slipping, I don't belong here, I'm not making progress, kind of whatever meaning we could attach to that experience, body confidence is like, I'm almost thinking about confidence in in the way that like you tell somebody something in confidence, right? Like we have a close relationship. So when I have body confidence, my body's like, hey, these weights are too heavy today. And I'm like, okay, body. I hear you. And I'm not going to be like, oh, why are you always betraying me? <laughs> right? I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I hear you. So what do we do next? Right? What do we do next? That's a really great way to think about it. You know, I've not ever really thought about confidence in that way. But you're absolutely right. You think about that as, you know, sort of a partnership between your body and your mind. You don't want to will your body to do something that it's just, you know, it's not going to happen. So being super aware of sort of what you're feeling that day and, you know, tapping into that awareness um, by sort of respecting it and, you know, not pushing it to a place where, you know, you're not really ready to go that day. So that's a really good sort of way to build a really good relationship with your body. So you're not, you know, exercise really doesn't turn into sort of punishment. It's it's more of a way to build that relationship with your body. Yeah. And let's kind of talk about that piece a little bit more, exercise as punishment, because I was telling you before before we hit the record button that I'm noticing people are, you know, it's late spring, so we're beginning to kind of take our layers of clothes off. We're beginning to show we're, shed the layers, yeah. Shed the layers, show a little more skin. And also it happens to be like the late spring of our second pandemic spring. So our second spring of being a little more cooped up, a little more limited in what we're in what we're able to do. Right. And my goodness, Emily, like I'm hearing so many people and I'm saying like friends, clients, um, acquaintances talking about how. They just have to do, it's like, I have to do something. I have to stage an intervention. My body's out of control. My weight's out of control. My body's out of control. Like I, you know, I've, I've let myself go. I've let it go too long. And I'm just, um, that whole line of thinking always makes me worried because then exercise becomes a punishment, like you were saying, or an intervention, something that doesn't necessarily have positive connotations. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, we're talking about connotations, like intervention definitely has a negative connotation. You think about people who are like mm-hmm. addicted to drugs and gambling and you know, di- addicted to different things. And it's like, your body is still there. Like you may have lost a little bit of that connection while you were, you know, mm-hmm. not working um, out, you know, not being quite as physically active or maybe, letting your mind sort of take over, maybe eating for comfort, which I know lots of people sort of myself included have done. And, you know, it's... But Emily, let's just pause right there because this is really important. Yeah. Emily is a personal trainer and Emily eats for comfort. Natalie is a life coach and Natalie eats for comfort. Humans eat for comfort. That is not bad. (laughs) That is not wrong. Right. It is something completely natural 
And very frankly, hello, people. We've been facing a harrowing situation, right? a global pandemic and all kinds of consequences from that. It is okay if you have been eating for comfort. It's totally understandable. It's you're, you're a mammal, right? Like, let's remember. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and you no, know, not even necessarily just like emotional comfort i feel like there's definitely some kind of especially when like the pandemic first hit people were like oh my god there's toilet paper shortages maybe there's food shortages yet next you yeah. know so it's like there's a huge amount of stress associated with sort of this whole time period which yeah physiologically absolutely does things to your body and you know i think many, many more people are starting to understand that relationship you know, not just saying like, oh, I'm stressed out, I'm eating, you know, it's like your body is literally sending out hormones to say like, hey, there could be a shortage, let's stock up, you know, so it's not necessarily through anybody's fault of their own, you know, it's like sort of the situation. And yeah, absolutely. So anyway, it's like, you know, people are starting to sort of creep out of their huts. And you know, I've heard a lot of clients say, oh, well, I'm going on vacation. So I want to drop this amount of weight and, yeah. you know, get back into a, a bikini or whatever it is. You know, it's like, I think that having some kind of outward time-based mm -hmm. motivation is a good thing. You know, it's not necessarily that that's a bad thing. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's bad to want to look good in a bikini. But, you know, if that is your only source of, especially if you're starting with that, whether it's, you know, starting back from mm -hmm. the sort of maybe hiatus that you took off for COVID or just sort of in general starting out in exercise, um, it can't be just about sort of looking good. It has to be about sort of building this relationship um, with your body. And that sort of comes as a secondary sort of factor. Well, and also because here's the reality, right, is that in our culture, in our photoshopping, <laughs> in our photoshopping image obsessed culture, you will never look good enough. Oh, <laughs> no yeah. one will, right? These people don't exist. No one ever. Yeah, these people don't actually exist. This is not a reality. If you are trying to look good in a bikini, like that is so relative. And, and frankly, like, you know, our kind of consumer capitalist culture has made it so that it will never, ever, ever be enough. It also strikes me that that motivation often kind of sounds like, here's what I don't want. Yeah. I don't want my thighs to rub together. I don't want my muffin top. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want. Right. And those are aversive motivations. Well, I'm going to the gym because I don't want this extra weight. And what I have really found in working with you, Emily, is that it is so much more about like an appetitive or a moving toward, like what do you want? Right. What actually do you want? What do you want to get? And to be really kind of um, sophisticated with that, right? That it's not so much like, well, you know, I don't want 15 pounds, these 15 pounds on my body. That's so narrow as a motivation and it's like aversive, right? Versus like, I want to feel strong. Right. I want to sleep well. I want to understand how this equipment works, <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. This is what I do want. So let's like talk about that a little bit. Like what are some good kind of appetitive and moving toward motivations for working out that you find work well with your clients? I have been a, a dancer for a really long time and it was always sort of working towards whether it be a competition or whether it be, I mean, there's always some kind of, like I said, sort of time-based goal that you're working towards. Um, I transitioned from dance into powerlifting, which is really cool because there is um, definitely sort of objective-based, like, you know, weights. So, that was a really easy place to start and say, okay, well, I am working towards my goal is going to be, you know, a 200 pound squat or whatever it is, you know, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're going in and your motivation is to work towards that goal and all this sort of other weight based stuff sort of falls by the wayside. You know, you are just sort of mm. beating your body. You are working as hard as you can to get towards this one goal that is 
secondarily sort of building strength and building muscle, obviously, right. but more so in a way like I want to be really strong and I want to be able to move this weight. So, right. you know, that I think, and it doesn't necessarily have to be competitive powerlifting. You don't have to get on a platform to make sort of goals like that. I mean, we have goals like that all the time with, mm-hmm. with our clients um, and, you know, never with the intention of sort of stepping on a platform. So those are really good goals. Yeah. And what I'm hearing there is it's more like, okay, I would like to be able to do this thing rather than I would like the scale to say this, right? Like, so yeah. it's, to me, that's like a, that's a heftier and it's a more kind of, there's more qualities in that goal, right? Because it's like, what do I need? And so, so let's say I want to go for a 200 pound squat. Well, actually, can we take the weight down? <laughs> <laughs> can we make it closer to where to where I can squat? <laughs> 135. Yeah. So if we make it closer to where I could squat, it would like, let's say Natalie's working toward like a 160 pound squat. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that pretty? That's I'm that's not super far away. Right. No. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, everybody, that's a negotiation Emily and I are constantly doing where she'll <laughs> she'll put weight on a bar and I'll be like, there's no way I can lift that much. And she'll be like, why don't you try? Because I think actually you can. <laughs> so if I'm going for that goal, like what am I doing then when I'm showing up at the gym because I want to I want to move toward being able to squat more weight. Right. What are the kinds of things that I'm doing? So you're trying to make something more, which, you know, could be muscle, which is sort of the obvious answer. And then also sort of willpower and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, confidence in the way that we're talking about, like, okay, well, I know that I can lift, you know, last week, I did this weight for sets of three or whatever. So let's try to do that today for five or whatever. So it's like, you know, you're getting sort of the confidence, not necessarily to sort of just squat a certain amount of weight, but also just be like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go over there and pick up that giant bag of dog food. And I know that I can do that because I can squat 200 pounds in the gym or 160. Yes. You're getting so much more out of trying to make more of yourself um, and, you know, sort of push your body to do these really crazy, ridiculous things versus just trying to take away from that and you know what are you left with just a scale on the number but you know you can't use your body functionally to do anything so well and I think that like right when I kind of think about it it's like okay so I'm building strength I'm building willpower I have to pay a lot closer attention to my body when I'm moving toward an ability right like when I'm wanting to be and and I think this is true for people also who are like I want to run 10k I want to do a triathlon so right it's not it's not just about weightlifting it's like I want to make it all the way through a 50 minute asa class or step aerobics class like I want to be able to add a riser to my step right True, all yeah. of those kinds of goals I want to be able to walk the whole billy goat trail I want to be able to hike that whole trail and so when we're talking about like what I can do with my body there are so many kind of factors that go into it and and I have to really pay attention and listen for form, for stamina. Um, Like you were saying, I have to feed myself well, probably have to sleep well, kind of stretch and recover. Oh, yeah. Right? It's very holistic, I guess, is what I'm saying. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I think you and I, we talk a lot about sort of physiologically kinesiology sort of what's going on in your body is like these muscles are moving this way and you know this affects this so some people end up getting very interested in sort of how their body works and Mm -hmm. you know some people are maybe not so interested in that but in a you know interested enough that they can say oh my hip is hurting today but I think it's because I did this you know or whatever so it's like being able to be a little bit more in tune with your body mm-hmm. and sort of knowing how just generally how things work. Um, and then that sort of allows you to say to yourself, oh, I'm going to need a little bit of extra sleep tonight because, you know, my leg has really been hurting or, you know, I really pushed it really hard in this class today. So 
I'm going to take a step back for the rest of the week. So, you know, the more you do it, the more in tune you become, the more you really know and sort of become a student sort of of your own body. Um, you know, you're always learning to sort of yeah. what's going on inside. And the more you can really feel better, not only sort of in a gym or while you're doing physical activity, but just sort of in general. Oh, my gosh. I love that idea of being a student of your body to really understand what body is teaching you and what body is saying to you. And I think that's really, you know, earlier you talked about how when we're developing body confidence, we want a partnership between mind and body, right? I think sometimes when we think about body confidence, we think like, oh, I'll be body confident when when I lose this 15 pounds. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's like my confidence is going to come from everybody else thinking I look good. My confidence is going to come from everybody else thinking I know what I'm doing or everybody else thinking I'm hot. Or my confidence is going to come from conforming to whatever the culture right now is telling us is fit. Exactly. Right? Which, you know, is like changing slightly. It's getting slightly browner right. <laughs> and like, slightly, and more like curvy. slightly more muscular, right. <laughs> yeah, yes. slightly more curvy, slightly more muscular. But it's still like, right, it's like it's based on this kind of unattainable idea. And all of that is like, let me disconnect from how I feel and think about how I look or think about how I fit in. Right. Versus what you're talking about is like this self-honoring. Okay, confidence comes from me having a few sessions with a trainer at the gym to learn how the equipment works so that I'm confident that I know how to use this machine. Right. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, I'm going to ask, actually, I'm going to say, hey, when I do this exercise, my left knee is like kind of like twinging. So that my trainer can be like, okay, cool. Let's list, let's be a student of that. Let's look at that. Let's see what's going on with your form. Let's look and see what's going on. Like, does this help? Does that help? Right. And that we gain confidence there when we're not ignoring the twinge in the knee. We're like learning from it. We're addressing it. Yeah, right? definitely. I would say, I mean, while you're studying to sort of be a certified personal trainer, one of the things that they tell you really is, you know, the, the most successful really that you can be is to have a client who sort of no longer needs you or, you know, may need a little bit of guidance here and there sort of planning out a, a plan for, you know, getting to certain goals. But, you know, in terms of mm -hmm. form and exercise and, you know, knowing how your body works, the best thing that you can do for somebody is to say, sort of as a general concept, this is how your body works and this is how exercise works and, you know, you know, just sort of send you on your way eventually. And I think that that's great because it, it's, you're, you know, you're not, it's almost sort of like the teach a man to fish sort of thing. It's, mm -hmm. you know, if you are just giving them the fish every single day, it's like, oh, here's your workout, just do it, you know, versus like, okay, well, let's try this today and, you know, if that feels good, then we'll do this. And this it's sort of showing somebody how to plan out a workout in general and be in more in tune sort of with their body so that they can, you know, very happy to report that you go to the gym on your own quite a bit. Yeah. And you're always knowing what to do and knowing, say, okay, well, I don't feel this today, so let's back off on this. Or I know that we just did this on Wednesday, so the next mm -hmm. day when I go to the gym, I'm going to lay off here. So it's just sort of like those basic concepts that are really important to teach, I would say, more important than just saying like, oh, here, do this squat or whatever. Yeah, and so what I'm kind of hearing there and what I would love for um, what I would love for everyone to kind of really tune into is that, you know, it really is about connecting when we're cultivating body confidence. It's about connecting with body. It's about listening to body, 
not about pushing pushing through, pushing past, not about like like you were saying earlier, Emily, punishing yourself or forcing yourself, right? Um, when I think about people who are wanting to lose weight, I obviously I think about food, right? Where what people do oftentimes is go into this either an explicit diet where it's like I'm cutting calories, I'm not going to eat as many calories, or a sneaky one like Whole 30 or um, like keto is huge. Yeah. Keto. Yeah. It's totally a diet. It's a diet. Like it's a it's a constrained way of eating. Yeah. Right. But it's kind of it's kind of masquerading as an eating style. And again, like to each their own. Absolutely. And at the same time, when the idea is connect and listen in and if your body is like, actually, I'm hungry. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, you need to feed me so I can grow. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times when people go into a new fitness routine and, you know, they've got their motivation is super, super high, which is great. But, you know, they've got too much. They're adding too much output and not putting enough input in and they get burnt out like immediately. Mm. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like you can't expect to be able to do more with less. And, you know, have it be have it work for you sort of long term. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh, because that's exactly what we do. Right. We're like, okay, I'm going to start walking every morning and I'm going to have a grapefruit for breakfast. And it's like, (laughs) whoa, you're walking every morning and you're having a grapefruit for breakfast. Like, yeah, you know, of course, your body is going to be like, yeah we're not here for this. We're not here for the walk or we're not here for the grapefruit or we're not here for either one of those things. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so funny because I have a client who's here for the summer and she is a collegiate athlete and, you know, she came to me and she was like, oh yeah, I really want to work on balance and explosive power. She had these really, really specific goals. I'm like, oh great. This is going to be so much fun to work with her. And then she's like, oh, also I need to lose like 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. And she was telling me all the things that she does. I mean, she does, she has these like private lessons and sparring lessons like every single day for the most part. And she's adding on these, you know, two times a week, hour Mm -hmm. sessions. And I'm like, well, why don't we just sort of add on what we're going to add on and said, and then maybe we can talk about diet afterwards. Cause I said, I think probably what's going on here is just that she had just finished up with finals. And I mean, I can't believe collegiate athletes are really just sort of on another level. It's unbelievable to me what they put themselves through. So yeah, I said, why don't we just start with one thing? You know, she's already very active. Um, I'll start with this one thing and you'll be surprised at how sort of if weight loss is your goal, how quickly, especially if you're younger, that can happen. Because um, like I said, just people end up doing too much too quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a really good way to get burnt out. Yeah, right. And I mean, everybody, right, to my earlier point, right? When are you going to weigh little enough, right? Well, the collegiate athlete <laughs> wants to weigh 20 pounds less, right? Like, yeah. in my opinion, this is just a, a huge misconception that we have in our culture where we equate low weight with high health. And that is not the case. Like, let's be really fucking clear, everybody. That is not the case. So I had a moment I think it was about a year and a half ago, Emily, where, you know, I I will say like in my 20s, I definitely was an over exerciser and an under eater. And so I've, I've had a conflicted, I think, like many people in bodies that are that are especially judged in our culture, which actually is kind of everybody at this point. I think I was going to say women especially. But like at this point, it's like everybody right where we have such a fat phobic and like, you know, a, a kind of thinness ex- obsessed culture that um, this is really this is really everybody. Uh, but anyway, I don't usually step on the scale, but I did step on the scale. And I realized that in in working out, in lifting weights, the more weight I can lift, the more I weigh. Yeah. Mass moves more, mass. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. Right. The more weight I can lift, the more I weigh. So I stepped on the scale and I looked at it and I was shocked to see the number. And I'll tell you all right now, I'm I'm not quite 5'4". I weigh 150 pounds. And I looked at that number. It's more than I've, except when pregnant, it's more than I've ever weighed in my life. And I had kind of the first reaction was, oh, my gosh. And then the second thing was like, 
I feel great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel great. I mean, for someone who's kind of, you know, target weight all her life has been 120 and the BMI, the body mass index tells me that I should be about 120, 125, right? That's my normal weight for a person who's 5'4". If I'm only going by the numbers and I'm not going by what I can do or how I feel, my weight is a problem. Right. Yeah. But that's not actually what I care about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thanks, to, um, thanks to Emily and thanks <laughs> and thanks to just like feminism and maturity, right? So right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like I understand the concept of why the BMI exists, um, but it doesn't take into account race specifically. Um, you know, there are African American people just uh, and and really just anybody except for white people have not been studied and they are not taken into account on that scale. Right. You've got much denser bones, much uh, more sort of genetically mm -hmm. a higher sort of lean body mass, which of course weighs a lot more than fat. Right. It's something that, like I said, I, I understand why ex it exists, but it's definitely not something that I use with my clients or I encourage people to use. Um, even right. though, even and weight, everybody you know, well, and Emily just skated by a couple things, everybody, that I really like want to pause and help you hear, right? Lean body mass muscles weigh more than fat. So what do you want? Do you want to weigh less or do you want to be stronger? Because those are actually goals that are probably going in opposite directions. The stronger you get, the more you're going to weigh. Yeah. Right. And so that's like one little piece in there. Here's the other piece, the BMI. And yeah, we know your doctor's office uses it. Maybe you got your COVID vaccine earlier because the BMI said, you know, whatever. The BMI is racist. The BMI is based on, on, on not just on white bodies, but on a specific kind of white body. Right? It's right. not actually it's not actually for everyone but we apply it in that way. And Emily, I actually kind of want to ask about fat too. Sure. Like fat's not bad. Oh yeah. You tell me where I'm wrong. Fat's not bad. <laughs> fat's not a problem. No, fat is, is, is good. I mean, it's especially eating fats. You know, there was a, definitely a certain time sort of, I remember in the early nineties where fat was like, the worst thing and it was mm -hmm. I mean now sort of it's drifted off to sugar which is a whole other conversation but you know mm -hmm. fat is good for our brains um you have to eat fat I mean it's definitely especially even if you're dieting for whatever reason having fat is a really great way to feel fuller longer um mm -hmm. and it's not something that should be avoided for sure. But in terms of fat sort of on your body, you know, it's it's important for staving off, um, you know, wasting diseases. So, you know, the, the older you get, definitely that sort of comes into play. But mm -hmm. also just in general, it's good to have you don't want to be super lean. And also it's just, you know, it's you know, it's not anything that needs to be like completely cut out of your diet it doesn't need to be something that needs yeah. to be cut off your body it's it's there for a reason your yes. your body gains fat for survival reasons and just normal functioning of your regular of your body you know it's like it's it's absolutely necessary it again right it's like it's part of our bodies and so when we're like, okay, so how can I improve my relationship with this? Instead of, yeah, I need to cut it off or have it sucked off or, or my favorite thing is, <laughs> Emily's making the best face right now, everybody. My, my favorite thing is, let me suck the fat off of this part of my body and add it to that part of my body, right? Because, it, because like, I do want like, you know, fat in my face and my cheekbones, but I don't want fat like, you know, in my neck. I don't, okay. I do want it in my butt, but I don't want it in my waist. I do want it in my breasts, but I don't want it in my thighs. Right. It's so subjective. It's like, you know, society is telling you, oh, fat here is good, but fat here is like absolutely no good. You know, it's like you can't have any fat on your belly, but everybody wants to have a big fat yep. butt now. You know, yep. it's like that's constantly changing. And just sort of in general, it's like, you know, if fat is so disgusting, then why does it matter where it yeah, is on exactly. your body? Exactly. So um, I, I love kind of as we move towards the ends of these conversations to have like a little recap of 
when we are developing body confidence, like when we're conjuring body confidence, I like to imagine it as like we're going to brew it up. We're witches over here on Mind Witchery, so we're going to brew it up. Mm. So what are some of the ingredients? And, you know, the first thing that you talked about, Emily, was like this purposefulness If I want to be confident in the gym, if I want to be confident on my walk, if I want to be confident in my, you know, on my Peloton bike, right? Like, let me come in with, with, with purpose and with intention. Yeah. Um, So what is your favorite way to do that is while you're warming up? Is that, is that your favorite way to set an intention? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think long-term intention is this conversation as a whole. Like, why are you going to the gym? Why are you working out? What do you hope to gain? If your intention is to, like you said, be able to hike the entire Ceno Canal or whatever, you know, it's like that has to be your intention Mm. in going to the gym. That has to be your motivation sort of going to the gym. While you're there, mm-hmm. you can break that down into much smaller goals of mm-hmm. say, hey, I'm going to, you know, speaking of that sort of walking goal today, I'm going to get on the treadmill and I'm going to walk this far, you know, and that's right. only a portion of my giant goal, but it's what I'm going to do today. And that's my goal and I'm going to accomplish it and I'm going to feel really great about it. So right. mindfulness in that way where you're thinking long-term you know, why am I doing this? Why, how do I want to feel? And then specifically that day saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to accomplish this and I'm going to feel really good about it. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So there's kind of like the purposefulness, the intentionality, the long term. And notice that Emily was saying like, not how much do I want to lose, but how do I want to feel? What do I want to gain? What am I going for? What am I going for? And it might be like, I want to be able to get down on the floor with my grandchildren and play and not need to get up after two minutes because I'm so achy, right? Like it doesn't have to be your 160 pound squat or your, Absolutely. you know, doing the Camino. I have, a, I have a friend, Maya, hi Maya, um, who walked the Camino Real in, in Spain, right? It doesn't have to be massive like that, it can be very qualitative. It can be like, you know what, I I just, I want to be able to, you know, carry my groceries up the stairs. Yeah. And it can start out that <laughs> like, way. It can absolutely start out that way. And that's yeah. especially long-term going, you know, because really physical fitness should be something that you should be doing on a regular basis. It doesn't matter how old you are. I've got clients as old as, you know, almost in their eighties. I've got clients as young as, you know, 16. Mm-hmm. So it covers this extremely wide range of people and of course wide ranges of goals. So, you know, it's something that is going to change over time and that's mm-hmm. perfectly fine. You know, your goal as somebody who is younger or even somebody who is starting out, who is somebody younger or somebody who's been in it for a really long time, who's, you know, in their sixties, those are going to be completely different. So it doesn't have anything to do with age. It's all about sort of experience and the way that you live your life. You know, what, what fits you best. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So we have that intentionality, like at the beginning of a workout, but also overall, how do I want to feel? What do I want to gain? What am I going for? Not like, what am I trying to get rid of? What am I going away from? But what am I going toward? Okay. So that's awesome. And then another piece was the the connotation of, of confidence that is that like listening, that partnership. We are confidants, me my thinking mind and my feeling body, like we're in this together. So I'm honoring myself. So when I say, okay, I'm going to go get on the treadmill and I'm going to walk three miles today and I get on the treadmill and my ankle hurts. Yeah. I'm going to listen. Yeah. Being able to take whatever your intent is for that day and match it with sort of your energy. So, you know, everybody's got a plan and sometimes there are days when that plan has got to go out the window. So, Mm -hmm. and that's totally fine. I mean, being Mm -hmm. able to have a plan is great, but being able to listen to your body and say, you know, today's just not the day and that's fine. You know, that is also a really important skill to have. So I think that is definitely sort of building that relationship is also a great way to feel good and, you know, just understand and be a little bit more present in your body. 
that part is really exciting to me, Emily, because I think that, you know, we do have this idea of like, I need to control my appetites. I need to push. I need to punish. I need to get back into shape. That's what we hear, right? I need, I'm somehow like, I'm shapeless. I'm out of shape. I need to get back. It's like <laughs> I'm an amorphous I, blob. Right. Like I got to get my shit under control. Right. I need like psycho emotional spanks for myself. (laughs) And I like so (laughs) I like so much better this idea of like, no, you know, what? I just got to connect and listen. That everybody is one of the things I love most about working with Emily will be doing an exercise and I'll say, I feel this here. And she'll say, "Okay, try pressing your toes down and I'll press my toes down. And she's like, okay, do you feel it in your quads now in the fronts of your legs? And I'm like, yes, totally. Right. So that I can get to know a little bit better to build that connection and to build that ability to kind of like chat with my body, right. To understand that piece. So I I love that. So, so that's kind of a third piece for me, I think is this kind of knowledge brings confidence. Yeah. Definitely. The more I understand, I get more confident. Yeah. I mean, there was going back to sort of what you were saying before, it's like everybody has a body. It's like, you know, your body can look different depending on sort of what you do with it. But it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, I've got to get, like you were saying, got to get back as nobody's an amorphous blob. It's like you have a body. Right. It's just sort of being able to control it and change the way you move it and change the way that you feel in it versus just sort of like, oh, well, I need to get in shape. I mean, like you have a shape, you know, you are in shape. It's just, you know, you want to do different things mm-hmm. with your body. Right. Or you maybe want to, you maybe want to feel different, right? So yeah. whenever someone is telling me that they're feeling insecure about being in the gym, I'm like, hire a trainer or get a workout buddy. Like, confidence can come from, okay, I don't really know how these machines work, but my friend does. So I'll work out with her. Or I know I want to get stronger in my upper body, but I don't really know what to do. Hire a trainer to help you learn how things work and to show you some different things that you can do. Nobody arrives at the gym and knows exactly how everything works and what's going on. Like, you got to learn. And that's another thing I love about Emily. Emily, you are always learning new stuff and you're always bringing new stuff in. How does that piece kind of help you build confidence, like as a trainer and also as a person in a body? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I am, there's always new stuff going on in terms of um, especially nutrition um, and also training. I mean, there's always, there's, there's just always new stuff to learn. It's, it's really cool to me. And I think that I have such an easy time learning about that stuff because I really enjoy, like, I only read, we talked about this before, where you are really a lover of novels and you love to read and sort of get taken away to sort of Mm -hmm. another place. I really enjoy reading nonfiction, even in like books that I read on the beach, I'm always reading nonfiction. So Mm -hmm. I really enjoy reading studies like that and reading sort of things that I learn a lot from. So I think just in general, being able to take enjoyment out of, you know, reading things that, you know, maybe not necessarily just about physical fitness, but just in general, sort of reading things where I learn. Mm -hmm. Um, But also it's, there's, you know, there's, like I said, there's just always new stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. So and it also definitely makes me more confident as a trainer, just sort of speaking from myself. There's definitely a little bit of like uh, imposter syndrome with um, being a full-time trainer because you're like, wow, I can't believe that all these people are paying me this money and I get to make, you know, a good living off of being in the gym all day. I mean, it seems a little bit sort of like a dream job for some people, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So for me, it's like, you know, I got to sort of do my due diligence and make sure that I'm sort of the best that I can be so that I can bring because I do have quite a large, you don't specify and you know, a lot of people will do like sports training and sort of for athletics. And then you've got sort of like the gen pop people. So mm-hmm. I do have quite a, a, a wide variety of clients. So mm-hmm. um, that definitely keeps me on my toes. So yeah, well, and also what I'm kind of hearing is like, you're also 
and everybody, if you're if you're right now thinking, which I would be if I were listening and I didn't have a trainer, I'd be like, I got to get a trainer. So what do I need to look for in a trainer? I think this is a piece of it, right? Is someone who is going to meet you where you are and someone who is going to help you to set intentions, someone who is going to help you to learn. Um, what else do you think? What's what's another thing someone should look for in a trainer, Emily? Like another another good quality in a training relationship that helps to build this kind of body confidence that you and I are talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think that listening and, and learning sort of what each individual person's lifestyle is, is extremely important. Mm-hmm. The way that you build Obviously, a good sort of rapport with people is learning about their lives. It's not just sort of like, okay, you come into the gym for half an hour and we're going to do these exercises. See you next week. Mm -hmm. So somebody who's genuinely interested in you as an individual and sort of, like you said, meeting you where you are. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one would be basically somebody who is not too soft on you. And this seems... um, (laughs) But this sounds bad, but you know, it's like we were talking about sort of firing clients the other day where you've got somebody who is like, oh yeah, I want to do this, this and that. And they have got these really great goals and you're like, wow, this is going to be awesome. You know, I've got this really exciting client who wants to make progress. And then literally every other time they make an appointment, they're like, oh, sorry, I can't make it, you know, or work came up or I can't, you know, whatever. So you know, it's, right. it's somebody who's like, look, if this is seriously your goal, this is what it's going to take. Um, so some people mm-hmm. sort of need that kind of encouragement. And then some people definitely need a different kind of encouragement where you like, you are saying, <laughs> oh, this is too hard. I can't do this. Let's, I can't do this today. My shoulder is hurting. And it's like, you know, obviously you want to sort of take a step back and say, okay, well, if your shoulder's really hurting, let's do this instead. Let's not give up altogether. Right. You, know, you don't want to push through pain, but right. there's definitely people where I would say the hardest thing to teach people, especially when they're first getting started is that body awareness and being able to push through mm-hmm. maybe slightly uncomfortable situations where you're like, oh God, I really feel the burn. I got to stop. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, somebody who is, confident and this definitely takes a little bit of sort of finessing and maybe building a little bit of a relationship and sort of doing a few sessions but somebody who's going to push you in you know in one way to hold yourself accountable and Mm -hmm. be also sort of get the most out of your sessions um yeah and then obviously somebody who is I love that certified and who is um you know (laughs) (laughs) who's has you know trained quite a bit of practice yeah Yes, yes. Trained and responsible and all those things. Yeah. So, I mean, what what I'm kind of hearing there is like, and, you know, Emily was talking about, she was talking about spilling some tea at the beginning. Like, what's Natalie like uh, to work out with? I make a lot of jokes. We, we, we laugh a lot when we, when we train together, but I, I think I do tend toward the overcautious. I don't know if I can do this. I definitely complain like, um, (laughs) sometimes. And that's fine. When Emily has, we do something, but, but right. So, so Emily knows that and she kind of knows where to push me a little bit. And then she also knows where to kind of like help me how where where to kind of like adjust for me right and it's and it's very kind of like it's very personalized and again it comes around to the qualitative thing it's like we're going for a session that is empowering and empowering doesn't always mean more reps of more heavy things sometimes empowering means getting to understand how my rotator cuff works better or sometimes empowering means learning some new stretches that are really helpful for my legs right so yeah I mean I think that there's there's a lot of um negotiation sometimes that goes on in our in our uh, workouts yeah which is good because I mean that's definitely not that's that's not a bad thing because there are definitely times we were like oh this is traveling you know we're doing like chest press or whatever it's like oh this is traveling up to my traps Mm -hmm. and say okay let's nix this exercise and we'll do something else that's you know floor based where we've got less range of motion in your shoulder you know or whatever you know it's like there's always something else to do and I've heard this for a lot from other people also where it's like you might not be feeling 100% and you're like, well, that was a wasted session with my trainer. And you never want to feel like that. You know, there's there should always be yeah. something else that 
you can try. There should be also something else that you can do. And I mean, I think that that definitely going back to sort of what makes a good trainer is somebody who is very malleable, I guess. Somebody who can definitely think well on their toes because like I said, there's definitely not, not every day is going to be a fabulous day, but you definitely want to feel like you got a great workout each time. Well, someone like sort of, you know, creative and resourceful. And then like maybe that's even what it is. It's like, what is a great workout? That's not a static thing. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. That's not like the answer to that question is pretty sophisticated and it's qualitative. What makes a great workout? Well, it's like, how do I feel? Not what did I accomplish? How much did I lift? How many reps did I do? How long did I ride the bike? Those kinds of things. But like, how did I feel in the beginning? How did I feel in the middle? How did I feel in the end? What did I learn? Yeah. How is this helping me move toward my intention? And is this actually helping me to build that confidence, right? Which we said has that partnership, that self-honoring connection with my body. Like I want to be partners with my embodied self. I don't want to be constantly fighting with her. Right. Yeah. I think that's probably a really good definition for a good workout is making sure that you are are in touch with sort of the way that you're feeling during the beginning, middle and end and finishing sort of with a little bit more understanding of sort of how your body feels and how to how to honor yourself in that workout, you know, sort of have how yeah. to feel good yeah. at the end. And what it's asking for, right? So not just like what can my body do for me, but like what do I need to also do for my body? What do I need to give to it as well? Two-way street, yep. I love it. All right. So Emily, we live in in Maryland um, and people in the D.C. metro area who are like dying to get to know you and to work with you, where can they come find you? My husband and I have a uh, personal training studio in Silver Spring, Knox Power Company, and we have a website. It's kpcstrong.com. And we're also on Instagram. We post just kind of fun little lifting videos sometimes, but you can also get in touch with us there uh, via DM. It's just at Knox Power Company. So that's company all spelled out. Yeah. And I have to say the the studio, the personal training studio or the facility, your husband <laughs> yes. would say it's a facility. <laughs> I feel so amazing there. It, it's a space that's actually created with a lot of intentionality and like, hey, if you if you really don't like going to your gym, maybe it's not you. Right. <laughs> maybe it's your gym. Just like if you if you you know, why do you like you like this this restaurant, but you don't like that restaurant? It's not about you and your ability to be in a restaurant (laughs) it's like the vibe of the restaurant it's what they're serving right Right. so starting to think about it that way I think is super important well Emily thank you so much for joining me for this conversation I really I really appreciate it and I'm excited to see you Saturday and then again (laughs) on Wednesday and then again on Saturday and then again on Wednesday right yes Yeah, well, thank because, you so much um, for having me. This has been a really fun conversation. We talk a lot about this stuff sort of all the time anyway, so I'm very happy to sort of share with everybody. Um, and, you know, you definitely give me a lot of insight. I think it's definitely a really good conversation to sit it on. Yes, and we do it together, right? That's the whole point. This is a co-creation. We're doing it. We're doing it all together. Thanks, Emily. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mind Witchery. To catch all the magic I'm offering, please subscribe to the show. Or if you want a little bit of weekly witchiness in your inbox, sign up for my Sunday letter at mindwitchery.com. If today's episode made you think of a friend or loved one, your sister, your neighbor, please tell them about it. We need more magic makers in this troubled world. Like all good things, this podcast is co-created by stellar people. Our music is by fabulous DJ, artist, and producer, Shami D. Our gorgeous art is by the sorcerers at New Moon Creative. Mind Witchery is produced in conjunction with Particulate Media, K.O. Myers, executive producer. And I am Natalie Miller. Till next time.